Hey fam, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the Soul Purpose Podcast with your host, Keisha Delva. Uh, If you love the content that I am creating, please be sure to leave me a five-star review, type it out, uh, share this episode or any of my other episodes with someone that you know would love it and would benefit from it. So, of course, I have to speak on the current state of affairs in our country. Um, not that it's just happening in our country because racism, police, police brutality, these are global issues. Um, and we can no longer deny that these are global issues. It can be easier sometimes to point to what's occurring in other countries and label something as um, their problem or, you know, those poor people that are having to deal with that stuff, too bad for them. Um, But even saying that or even thinking something like that lets you know that you're saying it from a place of privilege. Um, The fact is that this is the world that we're living in. Racism, particularly against Black people, is a huge problem. Police brutality particularly against Black people and other non-Black people of color, is a huge problem. And, you know, there's this energy in the air now where I think we're all so aware that we can no longer go back to a state of complacency. We can no longer repeat this pattern of being outraged and taking action for a few days, weeks, months, and then letting things die out, letting it kind of fall to the wayside again. Because the truth is, the reality for Black people and non-Black people of color is that racism is not something that we can just turn off. Racism and police brutality are not things that we can take action on when it's convenient or when it's, you know, top of mind because the media is talking about it and then forget about it when it's no longer convenient. Black people and non-black people of color do not have this option and it's going to take all of us i'm talking all hands on deck here to really dismantle this system of institutionalized racism because it is a detriment to every single one of us all of us and the more privileged you are um, the lighter your skin is you may be um, not aware of that. <laughs> you may not be aware of the fact that racism is a detriment to you too, even though white people and non-black people of color or white passing people benefit from racism the most. It also hurts you because we are all human beings living in this experience together. We are all one. What we do to harm someone else, we do to ourselves. (laughs) And every time that we fail to take swift and impactful action, when instances of murder, police brutality, racism occur, all that we're doing is sending out a signal to the universe that says, hey, I'm okay if it happens to this person, therefore I'm okay with it happening to me too. And we need to get really wise about that. We need to get really honest about the fact that if something can happen to one person, 
if a person's rights can be taken away regardless of whether they're black hispanic whatever if that can happen to them it can happen to you racism is a human rights issue which means it affects all of us and we need to start acting like this now this episode is more heavily geared towards my my white community um and my non-black poc um, because the burden to dismantle this system and to make changes sustainable changes the burden of that falls on white people and non-black poc because you've benefited the most from black people's uh, pain and suffering. And you've benefited the most from um, living in a society that obviously values and protects whiteness more than it does anything else. And that doesn't make you a bad person or an evil person. There are so many white allies, so many white people who genuinely care about black people and people of color and who are genuinely trying to do the best that they can every single day, um, you know, there's a difference between taking responsibility for something and blaming yourself for something. And I think we're, we're, we are past this conversation of blaming people or hearing about how guilty white people feel or how ashamed white people feel. Like, that's valid and that's all well and good and that makes sense. But the conversation at this time really needs to be now what am I going to do about my racism? What am I going to do about this in my own life day to day to make changes? I love that the term anti-racist is being heavily used and circulated right now because it really does speak to truth. And the truth is, when it comes to a conversation around racism, it's not a matter of are you or are you not racist? It really is a matter of where on the spectrum of racism do you fall? Anywhere from overt extreme racism all the way down to the microaggressions, the subtleties, the subconscious thoughts and and feelings that we have or that white people have towards black people and people of color. It's like you're somewhere on the spectrum. And because institutionalized racism is is something that saturates societies from top to bottom, um, there's no way avoid there's no way around it. There's no way to avoid that. And something that I've been doing um, is speaking out about this topic a lot on my Facebook page. Which, if we're not friends on Facebook yet, please do send me a friend request. I'm talking my personal Facebook page, not my business Facebook page. But send me a friend request to my personal Facebook page. Because I've been talking a lot about this um, and just sharing from an authentic place of what racism does. what What it's like. How it affects us. And, you know, the truth is is what I feel is very potent medicine. So no matter how hard something is to talk about, no matter whether or not you feel properly qualified or educated enough to speak out on a topic, it doesn't really matter because what matters most at this time, right here, right now, is that we spread the message that Black Lives Matter, right? So whether or not you are the most eloquent, the most articulate, the most knowledgeable person about a topic or not, 
doesn't really matter. And sometimes people can focus so much on that that they end up centering themselves again, not even intending to do that. But the conversation right now and all that matters right now is that Black Lives Matter, that police brutality is wrong and it cannot continue to go on unchecked. We as a society need to become unavailable for racism. We as a society need to become unavailable for police brutality. And once we are unavailable for these things occurring, that is when they will be abolished. So I want to thank you for being here. I'm having um, quite a few new people join my community as a result of the movements that are taking place, um, like Amplify Melanated Voices and things like that. Um, So I do appreciate you being here. If you've been an ongoing um, member of my soul family, I've I've always appreciated you being here. Um, But as tragic, as painful, as... um, horrific as these situations are. Um, and let me speak on that for a minute too, because we have to. We we have to acknowledge that people like Sandra Bland and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and Trayvon Martin and Tamir Rice and so, so, so many others, we have to say their names and we have to speak to the guttural and visceral pain that exists in the human spirit right now it just ha- there's no way there's no way that you can hear about these things and read about these things and not be deeply affected unless unless your privilege protects you from it or unless you are just so numb at this point because um, violence uh, is such a, a, a frequent occurrence in, in our society that, you know, when these new events happen, it you don't feel it as deeply as you did previously. So we have to allow our hearts to remain open here. We can't numb out. We can't tune out. We can't, um, you know, as I said before, allow our privilege to protect us. As hard as and as painful as it is, we have to look about, look at it. We have to talk about it. We have to feel it, because it's not until you feel something and you deeply allow yourself to feel it. It's not until you allow yourself to feel this in your heart that you're going to do something different, and that's how you'll know. You'll know that something is deeply impacting you because you will do something different. Um, And that's not to say that we all, especially Black people right now, especially Black people and people of color, that's not to say that we don't have a right to practice good self-care by tuning out, by not watching the news, by resting, by taking breaks. Of course, we all deeply deserve that. Um, But there's a difference between that and checking out. We can't afford to check out anymore because this system, this system of oppression and institutionalized racism continues to move forward by good people and well-meaning people doing nothing or by good-meaning and well-meaning people becoming complacent. And we cannot afford to do that. Um, So... I did want to say it's really important at this time to, of course, use your resources, educate yourself, 
um, and take on the burden if you are a white person or non-black person of color, take on the burden of finding resources and educating yourself. Do not, and I cannot stress this enough, do not expect black people and non-black people of color to educate you. Now, this is something that is so subtle sometimes because the intentions are good, right? People mean well um, and people don't even notice that they're doing it because it is so common for Black people and people of color to take on this burden, this, this extra emotional labor of soothing white people's feelings, right? It's so common and it's ingrained in our in, into our society. And so often white people don't even realize that they're doing it, okay? So just check yourself. If you're a white person um, and or a non-black person of color, become aware of your behaviors. Become aware of when you expect black people and um, other people of color to do things for you. Um, Anytime you're trying to reach out to someone for information, resources, or anything else, um, it's because you're trying to maintain your comfort and your level of convenience by having that person do the work for you. It's not okay. There are way too many free resources, way too many books, way too many public platforms, um, way too many people who have services and offerings paid services and offerings available to you to help you learn how to dismantle racism in your own life and in your own communities to be reaching out to people and expecting them to provide that information to you for free. It's just, you know, again, we're done here. Um, Something that I spoke about recently on my platform and something that has been going on for just an obnoxious amount of time is this conversation around all lives matter. Um, I mean, I don't know at this point who, I I guess I shouldn't say that because obviously plenty of people still don't get it. But if you're one of those people who still don't get it, why saying all lives matter, all lives has have value as opposed to saying black lives matter. If you still don't get why that's harmful, deadly and offensive, let me see if I can break it down to you for a quick second. So if all lives matter, black lives have to matter too, right? Obviously, all lives cannot matter unless and until Black lives also matter. And and saying the words isn't enough. It's very easy for people to say, all lives matter, all lives have value. And these are typically people who, again, have the privilege of not being Black or not being a person of color. So it's easy to say that. Um, But if we look at, and again, this this is the thing, words are nice. Words do not compare to the actions and behaviors that we witness within a society. We cannot deny that Black lives are not treated as precious, valuable entities the way that white lives are. That's obvious. Statistics don't lie. Um, And if you truly are a person with love in your heart who means well when you say all lives matter, as a Black woman speaking directly to you, I can tell you it's not helpful. What is far more helpful, healing, um, and transformative is saying Black lives matter. Um, and, and that's really all I have to say about it. And, um, you know, there are a lot of overtly racist people who also love to say all lives matter. So I just want to point that out to you as well. If you're a white person who loves to say all lives matter, and I don't get why that's a problem, 
keep in mind that overtly racist and bigoted people say all lives matter too and clearly they don't believe that so do you really want to be lumped in with people like that no then i suggest you check your discomfort around just simply stating black lives matter and why that's a problem for you why that's uncomfortable for you to just outright say why you can't seem to say that in front of your racist family members and friends right that's another thing that's another thing i can't tell you how many white people i know who know their family members are racist right um but don't ever check their family members don't ever check their friends about it and it's like every time you allow racism to squeak by you or to blatantly walk by you and you do nothing and you say nothing what you're saying is that your fear and your comfort um or your feelings in general are more important than black bodies and black lives. And that is the truth. We need to have a zero tolerance policy around racism. That is how racism is going to be systematically dismantled, is when when we see it, when we hear it, when we're aware of it, we do something about it. Um, we do something about it. And, you know, I have to say this, if you're in a position where you advocating for black lives puts you at risk or at danger, I understand that. And I'm not here to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do. What I am here to say, though, is that being an ally um, and standing in solidarity with black people and non-black people of color, it comes in many shades, many lanes, many varieties. There are a million different ways to show support. But the, the point is that you do show support, that you do take action, and it has to be um, impactful, right? Whether that's having conversations, difficult conversations in your own life, whether that's confronting your own biases and internalized racism, which we all have. We all have this. Um, they're donating money, protesting, whatever it is, whatever resonates with you, that's fine, but the point is we have to do something. So again, speaking back to this term of anti-racism, and I love this term because anti-racism takes on the understanding that you are racist simply for being brought up in a society that is racist against Black people and people of color. Anti-racism begins with white people owning and acknowledging that you are racist no matter what and become committed to breaking that down from within, from the inside out. To my Black community, I want to tell you that I love you so much. I see you. I feel you. I am you. I'm here for you. I'm committed to making my business, my platform, my voice um, be for you and be a safe space and intentional safe space for black people, black women and women of color to express themselves and in particular to feel and express joy. I think that's so important. We don't have enough safe spaces for that. And I'm committed to you to being that for you. And I also want to say to my, um, other members of my community who are white, who are non-Black people of color, 
Um, for those of you who are truly allies to the Black Lives Matter cause and you're, you're showing up and you're signing the petitions and you're donating money and you're protesting and you're putting your body on the line along with your Black brothers and sisters, I also want to say I honor you and I thank you and I recognize you for, for doing the right thing and for doing what you can where you can. Um, you are appreciated. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say, except whatever you're feeling as a black person or a person of color who's deeply affected by this, your feelings are valid. Your expression is valid. And, and I just want to say that again and again and again. Um, your expression matters. You matter. Your life matters. And um, oh, and really quickly, just because this is something that comes up again and again and again and again. Um, and I don't know that many people that I'm speaking about with this example listen to my podcast because I'm super black. I'm pro-black. I'm so like, you know, I don't know that we're, lis- we're I don't have listeners that are actively openly um, overtly racist. Well, I don't I would hope not. Right. But where racism happens it it happens the most often with well-meaning white people well-meaning white people in many ways are more harmful and more deadly to black people and non-black poc than overt bigoted kkk card carrying members with confederate flags and their you know well-meaning white people can be more deadly than the overt racist because at least with overt racists you can see them coming right? They're not trying to hide the fact that they're racist. Everyone knows that they're racist. Everyone knows that they're deadly. The problem is with well-meaning white people who are unaware of their own privilege, who are unaware of their own internalized uh, biases, who are unaware of their racism, and so are acting from this subconscious place where racism is embedded into their psyche, and they're not even aware of it. And they they feel that they are entitled and justified in their racist behaviors. Um, And that may be you. You may be one of these well-meaning white people that I'm talking about where you do have a heart and you are a good person, but you don't check your own racist beliefs and your own racist behaviors. And we have to start looking at that. And this is something that I've been committed to talking about on my platform is for the well-meaning white people to do the work. <laughs> this this well-meaning well-meaning white people doing the work is where racism will crumble. Um but as long as everyone's like, "Oh, that's not me. I'm not racist. That person's racist." We're not going to get anywhere because again, racism exists in, in in all white people. I don't care how big your heart is. I don't care how well how much you love the black people in your life. It's there because our society was built upon it. Period. So there's obviously so much more I could say about this topic. Um, And just my heart is broken. My heart is broken. I'm angry. I am. And I'm and I'm even more committed than I already was to eradicating, abolishing, obliterating overt racism and police brutality. Something else that I really want to talk about, because obviously it's incredibly top of mind for events um, as they are being portrayed and documented in the media um, is rioting. Whenever a Black person is killed by the police, there will typically be an uprising of some kind. 
protesters start coming out, people start demonstrating, people start basically expressing their valid rage over what has occurred. And like clockwork, every single time this happens, there are also people pointing to the wrong fucking thing. There are always people saying, well, you know, I get that that person shouldn't have died, but why do they have to destroy their own neighborhoods? Why do they have to vandalize things? Like those poor business owners who have had their businesses destroyed in the riots, what, why should they have to experience that? You know, and it's like, it's the kind of thing where when you're so deep into your own subconscious racism, you, you don't see the problem with something like that. Right. Obviously, again, we have the overt extreme racists who everyone knows, like everyone knows who those people are. They don't try to hide it. It's obvious. Um, But again, the well-meaning white people, the well-meaning white people and non-black POC and also black people who have deeply internalized racism against themselves because of the society that we all live in will start focusing on the wrong things. They'll start focusing on property and and not understand why that's the pro- why that's a problem. So I wanted to speak on that again today. It is completely delusional and irrational for any person to expect that a group of people or a society in general will take brutal punishment, abuse, neglect, murder, rampant economic injustice and the list goes on and on and on it's completely delusional to expect that a society will take that and not respond and react in complete outrage and rage in general and every second that is spent focusing on the poor buildings and the target and the property and the graffiti and the broken windows and whatever that every second that is spent on that is a second that is not spent on the innocent people who are dying at the hands of police. It doesn't matter. (laughs) The buildings don't matter right now. What matters is there's someone who died, who will never get that life back, who will never have the opportunity to see their families again, who will never have the opportunity to kiss their husband or wife again, who will never be able to breathe again because their life was stolen by murderers like the police and murderers who are just not police but are also racist and and i don't need to get into a conversation about you know all cops aren't bad and blah 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 i have a police officer in my family (laughs) who i know to be a good person who i trust to be out on the streets right now but that doesn't take away from the fact that there are so many corrupt police officers. That doesn't take away from the fact that the entire legal justice system is corrupt and is set up to discriminate against black people and people of color. And when we talk about looting and burning buildings, more than we're talking about the injustices that black people and people of color are facing by having their lives stolen and their rights taken away, you're missing the fucking point. You're missing the point. And, and I just want you to know whether if you're doing this and you consider yourself to be an ally, you're not. If you're doing this and you're talking more about buildings more than you're talking about black bodies and black lives, you are not an ally. And you come across to the people in your life, especially black people and people of color in your life, as someone who values property more than you value black 
lives. And that's the end of the conversation. So you are going to get called out. And if you're if you're someone who has seen this happening around you, and I know you have, right? Every white person has racist white people in their family. Like that's, I'm sorry, that's just how it is. Um, again, because we all fall on this spectrum. But like, if you're if you're seeing people talk about these things, and you're not calling it out, and you're not educating them on why their behavior is problematic. Not only is it problematic, it's deadly and it's dangerous. Because for every video out there talking about the poor business owners who have their businesses smashed and and the the, the vandalization and the violence and whatever, for every video that's out there, all that's doing is continuing to portray black people and people of color as criminals, as thugs, which means that they become even more of a target, okay? Like I I just have to say it because obviously it happens every single time and it has to be called out every single time, especially by white people. That It just has to. This is how we're going to protect black lives. This is how we're going to really move this conversation forward. Asking questions like, why are they destroying their own neighborhoods? Um, shows where you continue to have privilege and it also continues to show that you don't understand the effects of institutionalized racism. It also shows that you don't see black people and people of color as human beings who have feelings and who are going to react to being mistreated. Something that's also related to this is how, like clockwork, everyone loves to talk about Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Everyone loves to talk about how he was nonviolent and a peaceful protester, especially white people. Well-meaning white people, again, love to bring up MLK's name and use it against black people and people of color. You don't think MLK would be in support of this movement happening right now? Most people who are talking about MLK are not even educated about his life or his beliefs and haven't read any of his teachings, any of his writings, and they're just using the whitewashed generic version of who MLK was that we're all taught in school as weapons against black people and it's not okay it's not okay if you're not pro-black and you're not in support of black lives matter you do not get to use mlk or any prominent black leader against black people you do not get to tell black people or non-black poc or even white allies what they should or shouldn't do how they should or shouldn't protest if you yourself are not also willing to put your own body on the line when it comes to eradicating overt racism bigotry and police brutality if you're not willing to put your own body on the line what right do you have to tell someone else what they should do when it comes to abolishing racism? You know, it's, it's, it's just like, I'm never going to tell somebody you should be protesting and you should be doing this because it's really not my place. I do believe that everyone has their own purpose and their own way of, of speaking out about things and taking action on things. But I will, however, tell people to stop trying to stop other people from doing what they feel called to do. None of us have any right to tell somebody what they should or shouldn't do, especially if we're not dedicated to this cause. And I'm seeing a lot of people who I know are not dedicated to these, this cause, people who are, who are racist, <laughs> overtly um, and subconsciously are calling this thing out. And it's like, you don't get to tell people how to respond to racism if you're not even black or a person of color. What right do you have? So... 
just something I wanted to speak on. And I'm sure you're you're seeing this in your own life as well. It's like at this point, when it comes to matters of justice, when it comes to times of revolution, we all have to just be realistic about the fact that it's not going to be some peaceful, quiet, convenient, hold hands and sing kumbaya movement that's going to stop this. Racism is a cold-blooded, hateful, murderous, unconscious thing. Peaceful protesting and nonviolent protesting only works and is only effective when you're dealing with someone who is already somewhat conscious, okay? But when we're talking about people who hate you, okay, or who hate a group of people, whether you belong to that group or not, nonviolence isn't going to be the answer. Racist, cold-blooded people who, are, who kill are not going to be stopped by peaceful protesting. And for the people who love to talk about how MLK's movement was peaceful and look at all the changes that it enacted... Do I need to remind you that MLK was assassinated for his efforts? Do I need to remind you that as MLK was peacefully protesting, he was beat, beaten up? And all of the other peaceful protesters who walked alongside MLK, whether they were black or white or other or non-black POC, they were also killed. They were also lynched. They were raped. They were dragged. They were beaten up. They were hosed. They had dogs sicked on them. It wasn't the peaceful protesting that changed things. What changed things was when enough white people got tired of the injustice that was happening to people of color and decided to do something about it. And also MLK, understanding that, used that to the movement's advantage. When white people, well-meaning white people, started seeing black children being killed, being murdered, being hosed, that's when they did something. So let's not be delusional here and, and lie to ourselves and, and say, oh, well, peaceful protesting. Yeah. Do we prefer peace, peaceful protesting? Yes. I think every person on the earth who is a loving person who really believes in, in, in uh, diversity and, and loving and accepting everyone would prefer that. But that's not how change typically happens. And until enough well-meaning white people get really realistic about what is going to be required to stomp out this system that has benefited them for centuries you don't get to use mlk's name so on that note my loves i do want to end this episode by saying you know change is happening progress is something that cannot be stopped it's a it's it's the forward momentum of the evolution of humanity cannot be stopped and you know this we have a huge opportunity here we have a huge opportunity to change history um and that part that part is what we need to keep our focus on um because if not just the difficulty and the draining energy of everything that's happening is gonna just pull us down and we need our energy we need our resources we need one another we need to be able to uh remain hopeful and um optimistic if we're going to have the energy and the resources to contribute to this cause which affects all of us all of humanity that's all i have to say for now my beautiful people i love you so much i'm sending you so much positive energy strength healing 
all of it. Um, I'm with you. Until next time, take care. And, and especially if you're black, especially if you're a POC, but for everyone, remember who the fuck you are.